Welcome to How It's Musically Made, a podcast dedicated to redefining the art song tradition. I'm your co-host, Maggie. And I'm your co-host, Ben. The past three weeks, we've talked with poets, composers, pianists, and vocalists. And today, we'll finally hear from one group altogether about their work so far in creating an original art song. And before that, we'll talk about a topic related to art song composition and performance, text painting. According to the Harvard Dictionary of Music, text painting or word painting is the musical illustration of the meaning of words in vocal music, especially the literal meaning of individual words or phrases. So, for example, a poem that mentions the heavens might be translated into music as an ascending line to higher registers of the voice or the piano. Or maybe a poem about the ocean would have a repetitive piano accompaniment representing the tides or waves. A textbook example of text painting is a magical from the English Renaissance composer Thomas Wilkes, entitled As Vesta Was from Latmos Hill Descending, from the collection The Triumphs of Oriana. The text for the following excerpt is as follows. As Vesta was from Latmos Hill descending, she spied a maiden queen, the same ascending. And here is a recording from the King Singers. As you can hear, as the word descending is heavily featured in the text, the voices, well, descend, and when ascending is featured, the opposite is true. This type of obvious text painting was so common in the Renaissance that instances of text painting came to be known as madrigalisms. Composers often looked down on this text painting as simplistic, but even the great innovative composers of the day, like Claudio Monteverdi, used this technique. Here's another example from the Norwegian composer Edvard Grieg in the year 1889. In his Zex Lieder, or Six Songs, Opus 48, Grieg set to music various German poems by different authors. In number four, Die Verschwiegene Nachtigall, or The Secretive Nightingale, there's actually a bird call in the poem itself, written by Carl Josef Zimrock, which comes back in every stanza. Here it is, sung by Barbara Bonney. So that is Grieg's translation of the literal bird call, Tandaradai, into melodic form. And to incorporate it even more into the song, he repeats that same melody in the piano part as played here by pianist Antonio Papano. This is actually how the song opens. The first few measures are the piano alone. So before we hear any text about a bird, we hear the piano playing the nightingale melody. The rest of the melody in the song also reflects the bird theme, even when the text goes on to talk about other parts of the story. Here's the opening phrase. The 
The melody Grieg writes has grace notes, which are notated in the music as extra notes embellishing the melody. If you take those grace notes out, you would still have a melody, but much more straightforward, with even rhythms. When you think of a bird call, though, it is not usually straightforward. It fluctuates in pitch and does not maintain perfect rhythm. These grace notes that Grieg adds into the melody are representative of that song-like bird call. And since the melody continues like this throughout the song, it continues to remind the listener of the nightingale, even when it is not directly spoken about. If you want to hear more examples of text painting, or you have a request for another topic, please send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. And now let's get to today's conversation. We'll talk with Group 1, Bree, Nathan, Vina, and Nikki. Keep in mind that going forward, each group's work will be in response to one prompt, and that is the word inclusion, since this project is all about including diverse artistic voices. So every individual, every creative individual has kind of a process for creating something, whether it be starting with fragments as a poet or practicing a work or uh, starting composing at a piano. But obviously as a group, it's different. So let's say you guys opened Zoom for the first time. What did you do? I'll jump in really quick. We just kind of talked about what we like. For me, like I was talking about what my work tends to focus on. So maybe it was less process specific and more just like, this is what we enjoy. This is kind of what we like to make. And we as a group kind of decided like, oh, wow, this makes a lot of sense that we're together. Like Nikki and I discovered we like a lot of the same comedians and we like to incorporate humor into our work. And we were just like kind of getting to know each other, establishing like group vibe. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to add to that uh, statement. That that pretty much covers most of the first meeting. It was really fun. Uh, for me, I wanted to just ask like simple questions like what are you into and like where you guys are and all of this, these sorts of things. We uh, didn't really know each other before this. So. so then in terms of the prompt getting you started in, in actually talking about the creative process, um, how did having a prompt help start your discussion or how did you use that i think i'll speak first so that that helped a lot because after we got to know some basics about each other then we jumped straight into logistics and we started looking at all the emails we talked about the theme we talked about what kinds of things interest us and so i think right off the bat we at the end of the first meeting we decided on a theme which was home and that was something i remember nikki suggesting because uh, she had uh, given considerable thought to this to this idea, especially during the uh, pandemic period. So Right. So like introducing ourselves and we all like while we were doing that, we all kind of realized like we've all had experiences, obviously, during this pandemic where we're away from home, we're away from familiarity. So that kind of we all kind of leaned into that. And um that's yeah that's what helped us decide what we wanted to focus on mm -hmm. so like yeah. i think the definition of home has like changed for all of us especially during this pandemic and um brie and i talked about how we haven't got, gone back home and like what it means to um be in a place that we're not actually from but we're calling it home so like just like um the transition and changes of like the definition of home like that's been like the thematic idea of our piece and like we've been growing it together yeah also the different interactions with what home is similar to what nikki was saying what it, it means different things to different people different things have happened throughout this quarantine and so outlining that and telling our own individual stories about what's happened to us 
and how that has helped like either solidify or change our definition of home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about what you've come up with in terms of um, individual song titles or themes. So you're going to have a song cycle is what you decided on of four movements. Mm-hmm, like four miniatures. Yep. Like That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about each of those, um, maybe the, the title of each one, if you have it, and the theme around each of those movements. Yeah, so um, the first sort of part, um, I would say is untitled. They're just sort of right now like parts. But um, the first one is sort of like what I like to do as a writer is I love metaphor I love personification like those are two craft devices that I tend to lean into so I'm giving home a voice in the beginning and that's sort of like where we start and then we move into home is blank home is a shapeshifter home is a question mark like we're saying that home is many different things Um, and I'm including that this isn't just like my writing but rather like I'm incorporating like Vina's, Nathan's, Nikki's thoughts into what they, their experiences with home and what home means to them as well. So that's sort of the second part. The third part is home asking questions. So I would say it's called like home has a few questions. And then the last part, it comes back to home having a voice. Bree, do you want to read like any excerpts that you, f- you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, stage? definitely. Awesome. Or, or even like what you had written first and then how that how it transformed. Yeah, what you have now. Yeah, definitely. So the first part, let me just open it up really quickly, is um, what is home? Home is a box of Cheerios on the kitchen counter. It's knowing where all the doorknobs are, where the junk drawer is, the spare light bulbs, dish soap, bed sheets, band-aids. Home is falling asleep with the TV on, showering with the door open. Home is trust falling into bed, adjusting the thermostat, dusty vents, baked Alaska, a jean jacket. Home is a voice. You belong here. Home is a whisper. You can cry here. So that was like my first draft. Mm -hmm. And then what we took from that was just those last two lines. Home is a voice. You belong here. Home is a whisper. You can cry here. So that's like our first part. Yeah, and like when I first read that draft, um, the last two lines just like spoke to me and like it was just so musical and also like at the same time like very picturesque. So I really wanted to like focus on that and we are thinking about having a connection between the first and last movement of the songs. So like I, I think we decided on having similar lines in the first and fourth movements both and like elaborating on that right yeah the last two lines sort of shift into giving the speaker power so instead of saying home is a voice it's home is my voice i belong here Mm -hmm. so it's sort of like the last two lines bring us back home bring us back to the beginning so so the 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 four songs in the song Uh cycle um did you sort of decide to break that up exclusively based on the music or was that done before you had written a note basically Oh, like before any note happened, the the structure happened first from Uh just like conversations that we had over Zoom. And um, yeah, so like um, once Brie had the text for the first movement, um, I really also liked the beginning portion of what she had on the first draft. So we were thinking maybe we could um, 
use that in the second movement. And then we were talking about home has a voice and home is a voice. So then we were like, what if we actually give a voice to home and home starts asking us questions about what we've been up to or like out of home and like where we've been and such and forth. And then we were thinking about making a connection between like the first and fourth movement. So like, I don't know, it just kind of came like organically through conversations. Before we get too much into music, and I know we have a clip, Nathan, you recorded the piano mm-hmm. part for the first yes. movement. Yeah. Um, just one last question to Bree specifically. This is the first time you've written specifically for music. Is that right? Yes. So did that did that change your view of what you were writing? Or is your process still similar to how it's always been? It's still similar. Um, I was thinking, though, like I was kind of thinking about poems I've written and poems I've been working on and throughout kind of meeting with everyone. I've been thinking like, wow, what would this poem like? How would like Nikki look at this poem and and like know what to do? (laughs) Um, So I just kind of trusted that if I wrote something, she would know what to do. So I didn't really like change anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's so nice. (laughs) <laughs> also like I have like no seriously I look at sheet music and I'm like who is that like I have no idea how that even happens so I just knew that Nikki would know how to do it oh my gosh you have so much trust in me that's so nice <laughs> rightfully so you made something really cool and Nathan and Nina everyone that's awesome so maybe we'll play the clip and then we'll move into the performance aspect and, and maybe how uh, Vina and Nathan, you guys interface with Nikki in terms of coming up with these musical parts and the piano part and the vocal part and how they interface with the poetry. Nikki sent us the score to the first song in between our our typical meeting times. So some of that conversation happened just via Facebook Messenger and uh, just chatting online rather than real time talking to each other. But because when she did send the score, then I, of course, I instantly wanted to try it out. And uh, that's why I made the clip. Um, Also to see what everyone else would think of of it. I also right now I'm at a piano, and I could I could play you know, bits and pieces here and there, yeah. uh, and talk while doing that. Or yeah, the others can also live come commentary. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> exactly what I really want to get into um, sure. because it was very interesting. I think the effect of the piece uh, of what Nikki sent as a whole is it it's, sounds. Let me think how to put this. There's a certain there's a certain atmosphere to it as a whole, but when you break it down, sort of bit by bit, um, as we were actually kind of talking over Facebook, um, then a lot of things start coming out, and she was explaining, and I was I was really enraptured by that, and so I kind of might show some of that in uh, uh, with this piano uh, by my side here. <laughs> I've never really tried using a <laughs> piano and clean feet at the same time. <laughs> um, so yeah, 
this is Home is a Voice, and it starts off with uh, piano. So it's so weird for me to discuss <laughs> the music that's written by Nikki here. I feel like she should be <laughs> talking about it. I was really... I, okay, I'll give you my first impression when I saw the score. Uh, first, I was like, wow, this is really uh, a very experienced composer. <laughs> uh, I saw the score and it looked really uh, intricate and colorful, I think, just visually. Uh, the range is very wide on the piano, and there looks like there's a combination of sort of traditional and less traditional elements. Uh, by traditional, I mean you'll get things like these, uh, like these sorts of nice triadic harmonies in the left hand here. But you have other elements laid on top. This kind of sounds like a nice tri uh, chord here, but then you have less predictable elements and it continues to sort of weave in and out. That to me all sounded like jazzy, yeah. this sort of chord, yeah. So. In, in its sort of individual parts, there, there's a lot happening here. But as a whole, now I'm going to play a larger segment. Oh, I've broken C sharp over here <laughs> um, <laughs> but you'll have to get used to that so overall I feel that actually there's this there's a sort of stasis to it and this sort of atmosphere a, a word I mentioned earlier um, and I think Nikki it's best if you describe uh, some of the things you were telling us in the Facebook chat about mm -hmm. what the notes represent Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, throughout the piece, there's this um, G um, in the bass line that um, continues throughout and that symbolizes home. It weaves in and out from other chords and like it, that is one of the, I think it's one of the more, yeah, one of the lower notes from the score and um, so even though it's not always apparent that it's there, like home is always a part of us and it never leaves us. So that was something that I wanted to symbolize in the piece. And also the singer doesn't sing that note G until the line where it, um, it goes, you belong here. So the you is at the pitch, the same pitch G and everything else is sort of around G. So, when the singer comes in in like for the first time, she sings the home with an F sharp, which is close to G, but just not exactly there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was sort of like my way of symbolizing I'm just not there right now, <laughs> but I'm close to I'm close to home always in my like heart. Yeah, and so Nikki, one thing that you said in your first interview is that you really like to know the performers you're writing for specifically. Uh, yes. And is this something that really happened in this collaboration with with Vina and and Nathan in particular? Yeah. So before I wrote anything, I heard um, Nathan's playing, 
um, he sent me a bunch of recordings and I really just loved how colorful and like warm his um, sound was. So I definitely wanted to incorporate that when I was writing the piece. And also this is my first time writing for Venus voice type. So that was really fun to sort of like think about what, what would sound good for Vina and come up with lines that would be really like lyrical and like singable. So yeah, definitely. So, um, so Vina, tell us about what it's like to see the words forming that you're going to sing. Cause usually, well, I would assume most of the time the words are all there, right? You have a libretto, you have mm-hmm. um, a poem that someone has already written and you're going about the process of dissecting that and and performing it on your own. But what is it like to see those words that you're going to sing form? Well, seeing them form, I think, in this circumstance will be interesting. Because like you said, for um, typically with a librettist, you have already a preconceived notion. You have a history about the person and things like that. But in this experience, I'm actually with the people who have provided the words and the text for this. So it's a more... I don't want to say humanistic, but it's a more personal approach because when talking about our experiences, I can talk to Bria, I can talk to Nathan, I can talk to Nikki about, okay, can you give me a better sense of what you were feeling during this time? Because we can all write text, but like to have somebody explain to you personally about that experience or why they chose certain words is something that we can do or I can do specifically better than with a librettist who I can't have personal contact with. It'll be interesting. It'll be different. But I also think that it'll be enlightening to be able to just speak to the people who've gone through it versus having to go through a secondary source. Mm -hmm. And also in terms of um, vocabulary and in the text that's that's forming, um, do you or did you have opinions about what words might be good to be sung or words that could be better than others that Brie was choosing? Um, Not specifically words. An idea I brought up to the group was that we each write or talk about an experience we've had during quarantine. And so with that discussion, I feel going forward, instead of me personally picking out words that are better, they can give me the vocabulary. And that may be something we adjust throughout the piece as we're processing it. Because I want to be able to use something more authentic to the experiences of each person versus something, yes, I may have heard in an art song that may portray this kind of emotion, but it's not a reality for this person. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and maybe, so we'll bring Brie back in at this point. Um, so do you have reactions to, to kind of this music being formed around the words that you're creating, like uh, visceral reactions or... or Feedback. Do you have any thoughts yourself about uh, in terms of what Nikki did or how Nathan is interpreting this? Yeah, I think it's sick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Like Maggie had brought up earlier, I have never incorporated or I've never combined like poetry with music. And and also I've never collaborated with with anyone in this way, like with other artists. Um, And that's why I loved Vina's idea to kind of have everyone do some free writing, like give me some experiences, some ideas so I can incorporate 
everyone's original thoughts into the written piece so we could avoid like I do my part then Nikki does hers then Nathan then Vina because I wanted it to be more um, I just wanted to make sure everyone was sort of involved in every part so I guess coming back to your question um, I just think it's really cool and I don't have like constructive like feedback at this point but I am excited to see like what how the sound kind of changes because the tone for each sort of part like is different like this first part's like a little bit more serious in tone but the next part's going to be a little bit less serious the third part voices uh home's voice is supposed to be a little bit like sassy like where have you been like it's been years or whatever um so i'm excited to see how the sound kind of changes throughout moving through or moving from piece to piece Mm-hmm. With music, it's sometimes I find that non-musicians don't know how to talk about music. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's this sort of like foreign thing. And I'm wondering if that's the experience that you have. I mean, obviously you have awesome, pe- friendly people in your group. But yeah. uh, is, is that is that something that you're coming across where you don't necessarily understand what Nikki's doing? Or, you know, the vibe that you're going for is like overlapping, but mm-hmm. you just can't explain why? Yeah. Um, well, whenever like Nathan and Nikki were talking in the chat about the piece... And, like, interpreting it and just kind of, like, bouncing ideas off of each other, I, like, made a joke. I'm like, oh, yeah, same. I know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> I actually didn't really um, – I think it's interesting, though, the way that they were describing the work. Um, you know, Nathan saying, like, there's an atmosphere here. Um, so it's definitely something I'm learning about, but it's not daunting. I think it's exciting. So that leads us into um, kind of wrapping up this session and talking about what's next. So you're all meeting again this weekend. Um, What's going to happen during that time? What are your next steps? For me, I would like to have more of the part two and part three written, um, like uh, closer to a final draft. And um, that's sort of what I'm working on. For me personally, I'm going to get more of my voice into what Nikki's written. And if there are things that I want to tweak or talk to her about, we can have that time a little bit beforehand and then bring it to the group and talk through it there. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, um, I guess, like, once we meet again, we'll have more text to look at. And that Mm -hmm. would help me to form a better idea for what will be coming in music, too. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, I think I need to first finish my free writing exercise, um, and I think this is a sort of uh, opportunity as a pianist to be much more involved with the sort of world or context of the uh, text that's um, that we're dealing with. I think so often as a pianist, I usually leave interpreting the text as like the very very last step of my procedure and it's so great that we're actually engaging so much with uh these themes and texts to the point where it's like informing my world with how to how to perform this too so Mm -hmm. yep so i guess as kind of a recap we have the text is the first step for for your group but it's also a collective experience that you're all contributing to. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the music is forming. And as the music is forming, Nathan and Vina, you're both involved in that process of trying things out and seeing how it feels. Um, does that is that an accurate kind of recap of everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say yes. so. Yes. Awesome. 
Okay, I think that's about it. I mean, this is awesome. I'm glad this technically worked out too. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny though, because we're getting like background sounds from like five different locations. So there's like oh. a police siren and like pianos. In the... it's, it's, yeah, it's cool. I'm in it's a like... practice room. <laughs> it, it, it enhances the vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. But well, this is so good. Is yeah. Really... Of course. Thank you for Great. putting this together. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you. You too. too. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. We'll talk with Bree, Nathan, Vina, and Nikki again in three weeks to see their near-completed song cycle. And next week, we'll hear from Group 2 about the beginnings of their process. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at How It's Musically Made. Feel free to send us questions and comments through a direct message. See you next week. This project is supported in part by the Paul R. Judy Center for Innovation and Research at the Eastman School of Music. If you would like to sponsor an episode or contribute to the project, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram at How It's Musically Made. Mm